What about your theme of how scheduling your time optimally around four key phases of the month can add a rocket fuel to your productivity? Okay, so this is really fun. This is really fun. Are you and talking about your period? I am. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. I am. So this is really fun and also a game changer. Hi, I'm Ariel Charnas, and this is In-House, my podcast about all the happenings in my life. Whether it's fashion, entrepreneurship, marriage, or mom life, you'll hear it all right here on In-House. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of In-House with me, Ariel Charnas. As we've talked about on the podcast, as a career woman, I've struggled for work and life balance. And today's guest specializes in supporting ambitious and successful women. I'm excited to be joined by Kate Northrup. Kate is an entrepreneur, best-selling author, and mother of two. She founded The Origin Collective, a monthly membership site where women all over the world gather to achieve more while doing less. She is an author of two books, Money, A Love Story, and her most recent, Do Less, A Revolutionary Approach to Time Management for Ambitious Women. Plus, a mom herself, Kate lives in Miami with her husband and business partner, Mike, and their daughters, Penelope and Ruby. Welcome to the podcast, Kate. Hi, Kate. So nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you, too. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Of course. So to start off, do you want to just give us some background on you and what drew you to start your own company to support fellow women? Well, I started my own company to support women by accident. Um, <laughs> in my early 20s, I got myself into a boatload of credit card debt. And through a series of unusual events, I ended up teaching workshops for women and getting myself out of debt. And then I got asked to write a book on the topic. So that was my wow. first book, Money, A Love Story. And then I got pregnant with my first daughter. And as you know, yep. becoming a mom changes everything. And I was so tired I'd never been so tired in my life as I was during pregnancy. And everyone kept saying, oh, you're going to have this burst of energy in your second trimester. Yep. No, I totally <laughs> didn't. I didn't have any of that. I was just exhausted. And I went from having identified as really capable. Like my whole life, I just identified as such a capable, can-do person. Right. And it was the first time during that pregnancy that I couldn't overcome a challenge by just being stronger or smarter right. or trying harder. And so then the birth happened and it was really not at all what I expected. And I ended up, you know, with a surprise C-section after a planned oh, home God. birth and oh. blah, 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 oh, blah. My God. And then my baby needed IV antibiotics for a week. And it was just like a whole, you know, it's a whole thing. And that first year of motherhood was the hardest thing I've ever been through. It just really brought me to my knees. And Penelope, my first, was super sick. And uh, she had severe eczema. I was waking up every oh. 10 minutes at night screaming and scratching herself bloody. And so, and then I also thought somehow that I could run a company and have 10 hours of childcare a week. I thought that would be <laughs> plenty. <laughs> no. So anyway, no, never all, enough. That to, all that to say, a year after she was born, I sat down with my accountant and my husband, who was my business partner at the time, and he and our accountant said, told us we had made more money than we'd ever made before, but I had worked less than half the amount of time because I was mothering and basically like trying to keep my head barely right. above the water. And so while I would never repeat that year for anything, 
<laughs> I thought, well, there's got to be something here that right. because what have I been doing my entire adult life thinking I should be working all the time and have to be hyper capable? And here I have evidence that this was not my most hyper capable year. And yet we have these results to show for it. And so maybe I could go back and do some of these things on purpose. And maybe there's something in here I could teach other high achieving, big energy women. Teach me. Oh my God, teach me. What did you do? (laughs) To reorganize. So that's that's where Do Less, my next book came from. And that's where the origin company came from, which which is what I do now. That is so incredible. I mean, I feel like I'm barely breathing right now with my kids and work. And this week was just not an ideal week. So this is actually the perfect timing for this podcast because I'm very curious to hear how you're balancing it all. But you seem like a natural. And so, you know, there are a lot of women out there that want to be their own boss, but don't know where to start. So how did you go about making that dream a reality? I really turned, you know, this is so cheesy to say, but it just, it sticks with you, which is I turned my mess into my message. I mean, I always just have, yeah. when I'm going through something, in I figure out how to handle it and then I let other people know how I did it. Not that I'm like, listen, I'm the world's leading expert now, but there is something to be said about learning from somebody who's also been there. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's what I did. We've all been through something extraordinarily challenging. We've all overcome things. And no matter who you are, no matter your degrees or lack of degrees, you have figured out how to do something that someone else is desperate to know how to do. Right. And so that's how my business has always run from day one. So it's not a myth that you can balance it all. I mean, well, <laughs> <laughs> like there are some boundaries. Here. There are. Some, I don't. I have, so I have two kids. I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old. I know you have a Ruby. I have a Ruby. You too. have a Ruby? <laughs> I do. Oh, how old is the your best. Ruby? She'll be six next week. Oh, Ruby. I know. Ruby's. She's my, and she's my oldest. She's your oldest. And my mm-hmm. oldest is also six. She's a Penelope. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's so we're funny. on the same, we're on the same yeah. timeline. Yep. I don't think, I do think we can have it all. I do not think we can have it all, all at the same time. And the truth is, when we talk about balance and like, how do you balance it all? I don't. Right. I don't. There, if you went out in my living room right now, like, things look like like "Ah." a bomb went off. (laughs) And like, my house is not perfect. My hair is not perfect. I really need a pedicure. Like, there's all, and whatever, those are, those are silly, fluffy things. But you would not come into my life and be like, wow. This woman balances it all. But I will tell you, the things that really matter to me, I excel at. Being present with my kids, doing the best I can in my work, taking care of my body is a huge, you know, physical health. Like we only get one body. To me, that's paramount. And then a lot of the other things, you know, my friend Liz said something brilliant, Liz Long. And she just was like, you know, we can we can't be an A plus in every area of our lives and we just have to consciously decide which area we're going to be like a B minus in the few areas so that we can actually be an A plus in the ones that bring us the most satisfaction. Right. I agree. I mean, it's interesting because I feel like whenever I like I'm engaging with my community, the number one question is, how do you balance it all? Like how, and obviously you don't, but what people show on social media and the world are the things that you are balancing well. And then the things like I need a pedicure and my living room is a disaster are the things that you kind of 
keep to yourself, you know? And so, I mean, not everyone, but I do think that that's what people are looking at every day because social media is such a big part of all of our lives. So it, it you know, it is a really nice message to share that the things that maybe we're not excelling at are not the things that we're flaunting. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so there's the whole thing about social media of showing the highlight reel of your life yeah. or your or your work. But then there's also, you know, there's been a there's been a kickback on that which is like let me show up as real and raw and vulnerable right. and like right. cr- have my s- mascara running down my face and show up in my like lowest moments publicly. Yep. And everybody gets to choose their own where yep. they fall on the spectrum of that. I personally really thrive on transparency and authenticity like what you what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. And like I like to save some of those beautiful highlight moments just for me and my family. And yeah. I pretty much mostly save those like darkest moments for also me. Right. Right. <laughs> so I think we all need to kind of decide what feels the best for us as opposed to looking at somebody else and being like, well, yeah. she's doing it this way. Therefore, I should be doing it this way. We are all so unique and it, it's really important to use that internal compass to know what's best for us as but opposed I mean, to the external. It's so hard. It, it is, is very so challenging. Hard, you know, it's it, challenging. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you have bad days too. Like, sometimes, like, like I was saying to you before, like, this was such a rough week for me with work and parenting. And I felt like I was just doing a shitty job at both. And it's hard to not like look at someone when you're having one of those weeks. That you, you know, even if it's a friend, not like a celebrity or someone that you follow on Instagram, but just being like, how did they, like, they look like they're killing it at both of those things. It's it's hard, right? I mean, what do you do on those bad days to help you, like, get out of that funk? Totally. So I'm a huge nervous system nerd. So to <laughs> me, it all comes down to, like, our well-being comes down to our nervous system. Our nervous system yeah. is in charge of so much. And it really is are, you know, an entire system composed composed of the brain and the, all the neurons and all these things that, that are able to make quick adjustments without us having to think about it. So it's a beautiful system. And it can also hijack us, especially with the media, especially, you know, social media, the mainstream media, all the, all the right. messages we get. And life, life runs fast. It can really send us off into negativity and whatever. So I have, and I recommend and I teach, that we all have a tool bag of nervous system healing tools that we can come back to because what we're looking for, which is strength and healing and solace, cannot be found on Instagram. It, can, it cannot. No, it couldn't. Definitely it just, not. It's like not there. It's not on yeah. the internet, right? So when I'm having those days, I go. I live in Miami, so I go get in the ocean. I go put my feet on my postage stamp of a backyard in the green grass, I go literally sit by a tree. And I just am reminded that that recalibrates my body to be reminded of like, for where I look up at the sky, like, we are so tiny. And so I do anything that can reconnect me with the truth of who I am, which is this tiny speck in the grand scheme of the universe. And it also helps me feel my divinity at grounded, the same time. Yeah. It's very grounding and it's very perspective shifting. And so even if you have like a plant, it could be a tiny succulent. Like I have this <laughs> tiny succulent. Just look at it. You, you know, you can live in the middle of New York City and it's just like, okay, this little plant. I am made of the same thing as this little plant. I know it sounds kooky, but I am telling you, 
It just puts your, spend a little time with something green. Yeah. <laughs> that is my advice. That's so funny. So in your most recent book, Do Less, you talk about three critical questions that can cut your to-do list in half. Can you talk about those? This is so necessary. This is so necessary. I'm excited to hear. So looking at your to-do list and before you write anything down, I do a weekly to-do list, by the way, which is a game changer as opposed to a daily a daily is going to absolutely make you drive you crazy. Yeah. Overcommit and be completely unrealistic. And it will leave you feeling like you suck for sure. Right. <laughs> so okay, I, I'm so never weekly, doing that again. Weekly for okay. sure. Don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> so weekly for sure. And so each item that goes down there, and I usually do this on a Sunday night or a Monday morning in my do less planner. Okay. So what's the item? And then does this need to be done? Literally just asking that question. Does this actually need to be done? So maybe you've got your kid's birthday party coming up and it's like you have some sort of extravagant idea about some kind of customized something or other who's he, what's it that you saw on Pinterest. And it's like your kid's three and they won't even care They'll because be they're really with, there for yeah. the balloon. Yeah, right? it's true. <laughs> so, yep, does, so true. So does this need to be done? Number one is a great question to be asking it's because then you get ruthless. Your time is your most precious yep. asset. You're not getting any of it back. So does this need to be done? Number one. Number two is... Does this need to be done by me? So if this does need to be done, here's a perfect example, my form. It did need to be done, but it did not need to be done by me. And if I had interrupted my programming for a minute, had I actually put that item on my list, which I didn't, but had I interrupted (laughs) my programming, I would have realized like, no, I don't have, there is a whole other parent and I could just ask him to do it, which he would have been thrilled to do. And then finally, does this need to be done right now? Because we live in a culture that has hyped up our nervous systems to such an extent, we have a false sense of urgency about almost everything. So a deadline, for example, in my in my business, it is my business. <laughs> it is my business. Right. It's very <laughs> rare that there's a deadline that can't right. be moved. Very, very rare. And so we create, because we... So many of us were raised in homes that were chaotic and intense and just the world is chaotic and intense. What actually feels normal to us is a heightened sense of hypervigilance and intensity and urgency, but it's not necessarily healthy. And so we need to ask ourselves, does this need to be done right now and see, might it be possible for me to move this deadline? Might it be possible for me to book it next week? or the week after and just give myself some space. And nine times out of 10, you can give yourself more space. But we just don't because we're just unconscious. That is so crazy because like, I probably don't have to do half of the things I put on my list. I could almost guarantee but that like, that's the case. But like, why are we such overachievers for our kids? Like, what is what is that? Well, because we've been brainwashed to believe that being a good mother means doing everything. But actually, what we know from developmental psychology and attachment theory is that what means being a good mother is presence. So true. Our attunement to our child is the most important thing in their health and well-being. Even if it's not like a full day, if you're working just like the time that you're there being present. It's not about the quality. Kids don't have a sense of time anyway. 
They do not know if you spent five hours with them stop? or five minutes. When does that change? Well, when so kids do start to learn to teach to, to tell time at like seven okay. or eight. Yeah, my kids can't tell time. Yet. My kids can't tell time. My six year old still like five minutes is like yeah. is that we, like we don't an know. Hour? Yeah, no. They're, it's great, it's bodies, great for bedtime. It's great. Yeah. For, oh my god, it's great for bedtime. I know their bodies can recognize presence. Right. And their bodies are also recognizing they are co-regulating with us at all times. So if your kid freaks out all the time, it might be a good idea to take a look at your own nervous system. And one of the most important things we can do for our kids is breathe. It's so true. I mean, I like gave my six year old severe anxiety during COVID because of my anxiety. And we are, we are we are dealing with the fallout of that for sure as a culture. And it's a great moment for us all to gather the healing tools and to work yeah. on ourselves. Because here's the, also the good news about kids. They are much more plastic than we yep. are, meaning they can, they can shift. I don't, yep. you know, I hesitate to talk about like, kids are so resilient, it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, no, actually it does matter because so many adults <laughs> right. are going to therapy about their childhood traumas. But you could change it. There's so much space for repair. Yep. There's so much space for repair. Like, I, I don't know if you think about a moment that you had um, a rupture with one of your parents growing up. Mm -hmm. We remember those, but I, what I really remember are the moments, like I'll never forget this moment. I, I was 14 and I was practicing three-point turns in the car, in my in, in the driveway, which I should not have been doing because I was 14. <laughs> and uh, I was, I, I backed into a tree and smashed the entire back windshield. And my dad came home early and I was terrified, like hyperventilating. And I locked myself in the bathroom. Because I don't know, like I thought he was right. going to, I don't right. know, like it's not like he was going to physically harm me. But <laughs> right. anyway, I didn't want him to be able to get to me. And finally he was knocking and he was saying like, Katie, you know, come out. It's okay. Da -da. And I, and I was hyperventilating and I finally opened the door and I remember he just gave me this hug and he was like, it's okay. You're safe. Like, it's okay. You're safe. Right. And you remember. And I remember that there are multitudes of moments that were not repaired, but that's I remember so the repair. And that so we can so do that as parents. Right. No, that's such a good call. What about your theme of how scheduling your time optimally around four key phases of the month can add a rocket fuel to your productivity? Okay. So this is really fun. This is really fun. Are you and talking about your period? I am. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. I am. So this is really fun and also a game changer. And I want to say for anybody listening, if you're nursing, if you're pregnant, if you're you know, if you're perimenopausal, postmenopausal, right. if you've had a hysterectomy, you know, you can do this too. So you don't have to have a period in order for it to apply. So what most of us learn about our period is that there's a certain time of the month where you need a tampon and there's a certain time of the month and don't ever get pregnant, right? Like literally that's the education. And it's so true. That is just this tiny percentage of right. what's, of, of the, Hap the right. superpower that actually our monthly cycles are. And so they have these four phases and the four phases align perfectly with the four seasons. So each month we go through a personal winter time, a personal spring time, a personal autumn and a personal summer. I did those in the wrong order, but you understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's really important to know this because our world is set up for men, testosterone dominant people. And they have a hormonal cycle that cycles every 24 hours. 
estrogen-dominant people, women, have a hormonal cycle that cycles every 28 days, give or take. A cycle of 24 to 35 days is normal and healthy. Mm -hmm. And so those of us who have menstrual cycles or who are more cyclical and feminine energy aligned are operating in a 24-hour model when actually, and we're thinking, what's wrong with me? You know, you had this hard week, for example, right? So one of the things I was going to talk about earlier when you talked about that is that I know there is a 10 to 12 day period during the month, during my luteal phase, that I have a hyper negativity bias. So this is true of people who have periods. There is a period of time during the month when you are just more negative and more judgy of yourself when and is others. That? It's is that the during week, your period? It's the, no, it's the 10 to 12 days right before your period. On day 26 or 27, I just tell my husband, I'm like, I'm prickly just but don't touch me. I'm prickly. Like, don't <laughs> touch me and probably don't talk to me. That it's so it's really important that to know that we don't operate on a 24 hour cycle. We operate on a longer term cycle and we go through these phases in a different way than the world was designed. So we beat ourselves up for not being the same every day. But we weren't designed that way. We were right. designed to be this other way. And so what you can do is you can begin to look at your month and see, when am I going to be having my period? That's my winter time. Or if you're not having a period, that's what around the new moon. So we Ooh. just had a new moon earlier this week. And so the the two to three days before the new moon and the two to, days, two to three days after the new moon are like our collective winter energy. That's the time when your left and right hemispheres are the most interconnected, which means that you have the most access to your intuition during the time when you're bleeding or during the dark of the moon if you're not somebody who has a period or if you're on the birth control pill. Because by the way, the pill uh, isn't like actually mess with that? a cycle. Yeah. So just right. go with the moon if you're on the pill and you right, want right, to right. be on the pill. Yeah. So that's the menstrual uh, phase. And then the other one is the follicular phase. So right after you end your period is the your personal springtime. You'll have a lot of energy for new projects. It's a great time to initiate things. If you have trouble getting things going, the follicular phase, which is about the six days after you finish your period, is a wonderful time to lean in to getting things going. Then you have your so ovulation phase, which is the same energy as the full moon. And that's the time when you are literally your brain, your hormonal, your biochemistry and your hormones will prime you to be the most verbally fluent and the most magnetic. So your pheromones are the highest at that time. So you will literally be the most attractive. But metaphorically speaking, we are actually the most attractive at that time to opportunities, to cross-pollination. It's a time when like... This is right before... This is when you're ovulating? So this is when you're ovulating. All the apps tell us we ovulate on day 14. This is not necessarily no. the case. I mean, You I'll, only no. know if you're ovulating, if you're testing your temperature or if you're checking your cervical fluid. Anyone who's tried to get pregnant or has had a baby knows that's all BS. This is not. I yeah. ovulate like around day eight. So yeah. I'm an early yeah. ovulator. So yeah. you just, there's lots of ways to figure right. it out, but just don't like your app is not right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just so you your know. Your app is not right. Your app is generally not right. <laughs> but around ovulation is like this time where you, you'll want to go to parties. You'll want to be out. You'll, Social, or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever parties are happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll want to like be out. And so you want to trust that and lean on it. And then you begin to turn more inward again, which is that luteal phase I talked about, the 10 to 12 days before your period. Now, what's so cool about your brain chemistry during that time is it will prime you to be the most detail-oriented as any time during your cycle. 
but also inward and less social. It's perfect because it is the time where you You're would tie up loose ends yep. and kind of like put on your cozy sweater, so close your office door, have some tea, and just like knock out your to-do list. But you will also have, it is the time when you're more negative. It's right. the time when everything in your life because you're also um, like feels like yourself, it sucks, right? <laughs> yeah, it's but I it makes sense because like that's when you're like by yourself, like really focusing in, like all your thoughts are there. You know, it, it all makes so much sense. But that phase is such a gift. So we right. have, unfortunately, we have a medical system that pathologizes everything. And so it's like, you know, PMS, right? We call it a syndrome. And let listen, you if you are struggling with symptoms, like you right. you don't have to struggle. There are right. so many beautiful things you can do. There's a wonderful book called Fix Your Period by Nicole Jardim, which I would highly recommend if you're dealing with menstrual symptoms or PMS. But a little negativity once a month where you're running your life through the filter of like what's working and what's not working for me is it's awesome be, yeah. and, and normal. And healthy because we have to take a look at things and decide, am I keeping this? Am I not keeping this? Is there some way in which I could adjust? And then you go into the menstrual phase again where you have that access to your intuition. So you come around the cycle once again and you can sit in or as the women who founded the Red School say, you can bleed on the problems and the questions and you'll get great answers like, on day one and two of your period, you'll just have access to that inner knowing in right. a way you wouldn't at any other time. So you take whatever's bugging you during your luteal phase and you bring it into the bleed. Or again, like you bring whatever's bugging you during the waning moon and you bring it into the new moon and you get clarity and then you run the whole thing around again. That's so interesting. And you can have like a fresh start every month. A fresh start <laughs> every month. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it really helps us to heal our relationship with time it's because true. it's like I'm never running out of time. I'm never behind. I have a fresh start all the time. I can start again anytime. It's so permission giving. It's so freeing. It's so abundant. That's like I wish I could show that emoji where like your brain kind of explodes because it just makes so much sense. That's the um, that's the emoji I get in my DMs the most often. <laughs> So you are the founder of The Origin Collective. Can you talk about that site and how you came up with the idea? Yeah. So it's interesting. I was running um, a personal brand like the Kate Northrup brand since 2010. So many of my colleagues, if you will, (laughs) (laughs) were just in the personal branding space. That's what I saw. That's what I knew. And then about this time last year, I actually started experiencing burnout, which was quite embarrassing because my whole (laughs) mission is to teach how to not burn out, not burn out, or at least how to recover from it. But I had, my husband was really, really sick. He had a chronic illness. He's doing really great now. Um, But I know I always say that because it was like, it was a very dark period of time for about six months. He was incredibly ill, couldn't get out of bed, and then he broke his knee. And so he couldn't walk. And so it was (laughs) terrible. And uh, so I was there, like, primary breadwinner, running the company by myself, and also sick husband, and also had just, and you know, two kids and, you know, primary parents. So the fact that I burned out is, like, I have a lot of compassion for myself. I think it's okay. Of course. At that time, I was like, you know what? If anything were to happen to me, I am the face of the brand. And I don't get to just pop out. Like, what if I needed to drop out for six months? Right. And then with so much of what happened in 2020, and I've been doing a lot of just work on my own internal bias and a lot of DEI work, you know, since 2016, 2017, 
also from an inclusivity and an access perspective, I was just like, I'm I'm one kind of person. And right. what if we had more what what if we had more access points with different teachers and different faculty who's who could represent the stories of all different kinds of people, not just my story. And so right. I founded I, I I launched the origin company in the in August 2021 because I didn't want our revenue to solely rely on my personal life force. And I also wanted more people to see themselves represented in our brand than if it was like just my face. Right. So that's where the origin company came from. But the, the fundamental, you know, philosophy is the same as it has been since right. Do Less came out or really since 2017, which is all about uh, supporting women to tap into their internal superpowers of their cyclical energy and really all the magic of their bodies so they can be their most creative, most powerful, most productive, and all of those things without sacrificing their own well-being right. in the process. That's incredible. Thanks. So, I mean, you've <laughs> probably helped so many women do more with their time. Did the experiences of the members of the Origin Collective inspire you to write your book? Yes. So I launched the membership in 2017. So we're coming up on five years. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. It's a, it's an amazing. We have some of our original members. We call them the OEs, the original oh, empresses. Because nice. all of our <laughs> members are called empresses. That's incredible. And and they were, you know, they were applying our philosophy. They were applying our methodology and they were, you know, decreasing their work hours by 50% and increasing their revenue by 50%. At the same time, they were you know, healing their relationship with work so that they weren't addicted to stress. They were healing their workaholism. Right. And it was really fun to write the book while being able to be in conversation with our members because so much of it, again, my stories are great. And I really like to add some depth with with a a larger sample. Right. That's incredible. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. How can our audience keep up with you and follow your activities? Sure. Yeah. So connect with me on Instagram at Kate Northrup is a great place. Also over at The Origin Company at theorigincompany.co. If you want to just like dive into something just to, you know, like something you can sink your teeth into. Right. If you go over to um, theorigincompany.co forward slash strategies, we have something that's free called the Business Pressure Relief Kit, but I think you could very easily just insert the Life Pressure Relief Kit, and it would apply 100% the same. Yeah. And it's six really easy-to-implement strategies that will help you find some immediate exhale and some immediate relief of whatever kind of pressure you might feel in mothering, in your career, in relationship, because um, we can find that relief. Things don't have to change in order us, for us to feel less pressure. Actually, we just have to. This was so insightful. This was such an amazing and helpful conversation. Thank you again for joining us. And thank you to all the listeners out there. Please come back for more as we welcome some new guests to the podcast. You can reach out to us with any questions about the podcast or who you want us to bring on. DM us on Instagram at Something Navy, and we'll see you next week. That's a wrap for today's episode of In-House. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more thoughtful discussions and amazing guests. Make sure you follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And of course, follow me at Ariel Charnis and at Something Navy. See you next week.